Hello there, it's us again. We're back with a sort of mini special episode to share some stuff with you. We're still sunning ourselves on our summer holidays, aren't we, Adam? Oh, it's delightful. But fortunately, you're only like a day's ride away. So we've met in the middle, We're like in a lovely meadow. Isn't oh, it beautiful? It's lovely. Oh, see that babbling brook? I, I, do I see do it? I, do I do see, I see, that see it? I've got my feet in that babbling brook, mate. <laughs> oh, it's so lovely here. It's the perfect opportunity, we thought, to share a few things with you uh, before we go back off adventuring a little more before we start up again for Series 4. Yes. And hopefully this will help tide you over until then or remind you that we still exist. Yeah, we're still here. Uh, what have we got to update them on? Well, coming up, we've got a roundup of the Series 3 scoreboard, a Snow White deleted scene, and a small musical announcement. Oh, it is a veritable smorgasbord. If you've never heard the podcast before, this is probably not a good place to start. Just jump back one episode to Snow White and then come join us here again. Wait, wait, wait for them to do it. Have you done it? Now they're back. Okay, good. They're back in the room. So, first up then, school board. Indeed. As no doubt many of you are aware, we have a Patreon. And any patrons from $5 a month upwards get access to our Grim Fables podcast. Now, the last few years, when we've finished a series of Grim Reading, in Grim Fables, we then do a review of the story scores and announce the winners and losers of the series that's just finished. However, this time round, it occurred to me when we were doing this that the score review should really be a part of the main event. It should. Part of the Grim Reading format. That's obviously how the format should be. Otherwise, why are we ranking these stories, Adam? What are we... Three years into the podcast, <laughs> we figured it out. We finally figured it out. Yeah. We finally figured out how Grim it. Reading should work. <laughs> That's the final piece of the puzzle. We do a series, score a bunch of stories, and then we announce the winners and losers. It's integral to the format. It is. And from now on, you're going to get to hear that on the main podcast feed. That's how it's going to be from now on. When we finish the series, there'll be a Coda episode announcing the winners and losers. Now, we've already done the scores review. Or story stats, as we like to call it. Story stats. For Series 3 on Grim Fables. And we're going to share it with you here now. So you are about to hear who won and who lost in Series 3 of Grim Reading. Oof. When I say who, I mean which stories. No, it's who. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> well, we've all won. Okay. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> Except Jorinda and Jeringle. But no spoilers. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> So we, we basically plucked the audio from Grim Fables and we're going to drop it in here for you now. It's about 20 minutes long. Obviously, if you're a patron, you've probably already heard this. But don't switch off because we've got some more goodies coming. So without further ado, here is our roundup of the winners and losers of Series 3 of Grim Read. And now it's time for Story Stats. Oh, I love it. I always love a bit of Story Stats. Last year you made an impromptu jingle. I don't know if you remember. I don't. What was the jingle? Well, um, I think you went like Story Stats or something. So if you could just like dig it out when you're editing okay. this episode and just plonk it. Plonk right, it in. Right here. Story Stats. Brilliant. Thank nice. you. There we go. You're welcome. <laughs> Every story we read is looking for points. We award each story up to 10 points, so the stories get a mark out of 20. So a total 20 points are up for grabs. You know that. I know that. So each year at the end of each series, we check on how the stories have fared. In series three, 
We scored 16 Brothers Grimm fairy tales. Yes. Plus, we also had the biography episode, the Christmas episode, and the Jack Sipes interview. Yep. The final results are in, Adam. And I can now reveal the winners and losers of those 16 stories from series three. Okay. First up, lowest scorers. Always best to start with the losers. Yeah, we got that the wrong way around the first time we did this. <laughs> and it's all downhill from here. The three lowest scoring stories okay. of series three are in third to last place. Yeah. It's Jorinda and Joringle with 10.5 points. Whoa, that's low. It gets lower, Adam, because in second to last place, it's The Godfather with 10 points. Wow. And in last place, the only story of the series to get less than 10, the worst story of series three is The Wonderful Musician. With 9.5 points. I'd forgotten all about that story. Blank that out. With good reason, apparently. (laughs) Wow. You only gave one story less than five in the whole series. I gave two stories less than five. okay. And in series two, neither of us went lower than a five. Wow. Our lowest score was a five. But in this series, you gave... The Godfather, 4.5. Wow. That was your only sub-5 score. And yours was? I gave two stories less than five. The Wonderful Musician? 4.5, I gave yeah. it, and you gave it a five. And uh, <laughs> Jorinda and Jeringle, I gave a 3.5. So 3.5, that's got to be the lowest individual score ever awarded. No, it's not. Oh. I've given less. Was it to the Hare's Bride? It was to the Hare's Bride. Oh. I gave it a three. I still hurt. It's a regret. So I That's haven't gone lower than that. No, you haven't gone lower than a four. Wow. You've given a four to the Hare's Bride and to Thumbling. So you're the you're the bad one. I am. I'm the bad man. <laughs> you're the baddie. I'm the big bad man. <laughs> oh dear. Wow. That's, that's, that is low. That is low. Three. But three three point five, wow. So I think I think um like series one, we were all over the shop. We didn't really know what was going on. We were scoring all over the place. Yeah. Series two, we settled into a pattern where we were scoring quite consistently high. And that's what we try to mm. address with this series yeah. is give a bit more spread in our scores and therefore we've ended up with some lower scores again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get to the sort of meta stats oh, okay. shortly, Sorry, Adam. sorry, I'm Don't jumping worry. ahead. No, no, I'm glad you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> glad you're interested in me and my spreadsheet wizardry. Yeah. Um, but back to Jorinda and Jeringle, I gave it a 3.5. I'd say thoroughly justified. Now that is, what is interesting there is that's our biggest ever score divergence. So you gave it a 3.5 and I gave it... A 7. Whoa! Okay, you can have words with yourself? Well, I'm just going to have words with you. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, 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 oh! It's like that then, is it? I knew the beef would start at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our biggest ever score divergence. Wow. Yeah. Anything you want to say? Uh, how dare you? What were you thinking? Oh, no, I was thinking more... Sort of say that in a mirror... Oh, 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 I see the smack talk sort of started. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see how it is. I feel like we could have met in the middle. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. I yeah. think there's blame to, to go, go around. Yeah, we were all at fault there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody We've comes all... out of this well. No. 
<laughs> We've all got egg on our face. <laughs> Definitely, it's delicious. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's quite a big divergence, isn't it? Literally double your score. It's an odd one for it to be the one that causes the split in a way. <laughs> Jorinda and Jeringle. It's strange. But I think maybe that's because it's an unusual tale as well. So that might explain why it kind of ended up being divisive skewered yeah. our scoring system i think so our, our foolproof scoring system <laughs> it's foolproof there's no flaws um but, but thinking about that in the same sentence as the wonderful musician like that wonderful musician is definitely worse yeah it was bad was it but it was i bad. well well according to your scoring it definitely is but i i <laughs> i think the wonderful musician has room for improvement I'm oh, not okay, sure that's... Jorinda and Jeringle does. <laughs> really? Not, I think it's, it's a write-off. Absolutely yeah. write-off. <laughs> it's unsalvageable. <laughs> Throw it in the bin. <laughs> Whereas the wonderful musician, you could polish it up into something good. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. All right, let's get away from the murky, the murky <laughs> depths of the low scores. I think we need something a bit more uplifting. Right, here. well, on to the winners. Yes, this is what I love. Of series three. Now, there may be some controversy here. Oh. And just to say, we may need to make a ruling. These are the stories with over 15 points. Oh, okay. But uh, in fifth place, though, we have an honourable mention. The Frog King, or Iron Henry, a.k.a. the Frog Prince, came in fifth place with 15 points. Right on the mark there. Right, yeah, yeah, just qualified. And uh, I'd say a bit of a highlight for me. I think that episode, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's great. We had Wolfgang Mieda, the professor, yeah. helping us with the froggy kiss. Yeah. That was a fun one. It was it was, yeah, it was a great episode, wasn't it? It was like a familiar story, but with a big twist that, that you know, yeah. we all, if you've heard the episode, you know, there's one thing you're waiting for. It doesn't happen. Big, big, you know, massive plot twist there. It yeah. was the first episode of the series. We were excited to get back into it. Like, that was that was a fun episode. I enjoyed that. 15. Okay, fifth place. Fifth it place. It goes up from there. It goes up. It only gets better <laughs> from there, Adam. Now, the rest of the stories have all earned over 15 points. Mm-hmm. In a perhaps surprising fourth place, with 15.5 out of 20, is Little Snow White. Ooh. Now, are you going to say this is controversial because that's quite low for Snow White? Well, I just think it's interesting because uh, those are two big famous ones, the Frog King and yeah. Little Snow White, and high marks, but still only fourth and fifth places there. We'll leave it to the pundits to uh, analyse that more. <laughs> In joint third place Ooh. is Fitch's Bird and Clever Gretel with 16. Five points each. Wow. Yeah. For a second, mm. I completely forgot what Fitch's bird was. <laughs> I really had to think, like, wait, what's that one? Oh, dear. What? Maybe it shouldn't have I've been I've remembered there. it now. That was a classic one. That was fantastic. The bloody egg. Oh, amazing. <laughs> the bird and the honey. Yes. Rolling around. Oh, that one's The skull in the window. Oh. oh. There's so many highlights from that one. And, of course... Clever Gretel, like, we both just love that character. That was such a great story. That was a really good one. That was oh, a real was standout so one. That was it, because it was genuinely clever what had happened in Genuinely it. clever, really funny. Very different, again. It felt like a sort of uh, anecdote you tell in a pub <laughs> about this cheeky cook. It was brilliant, yeah. And of course, in Fitchersburg, we also heard uh, the story of Bluebeard as well. We oh, that off yes, yeah, list. yeah. Tick that off, yeah. In second place, 
we have the fisherman and his wife with what? 17 points. Wow. Now, you didn't forget that one, I'm assuming. No, that's an epic, if ever I've heard one. Yeah. Um, Do you want to know individual scores for that one? Yeah, I, I'd like to. So what was that, 17 point something? Just 17. Just 17, yeah. okay. You gave it an 8 and I gave it a 9. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were the more generous one there. Indeed. Interesting. That leaves one more place out of it. It does. And I honestly, my memory is so bad, <laughs> this could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you could say that would be full. It's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> oh, I no. knew we left the best um, of last. Come on. In first place, the winner of Series 3 of Grim Reading, cue the Trumpeters with 19 points. The runaway winner, it's the one, the only, Puss in Boots. Yes! Puss in Boots! Okay, you gave it a nine, and I gave out our first ever ten. That's right. I thought I called you a madman. I'm sure I did. A yeah. ten. A, a ten. It felt mad at the time. Perfect. You were saying perfect story. I called it a perfect story, didn't I? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah. It's a difficult one because we rarely even give nines, so giving a ten still yeah. feels weird. And yeah. It feels... I don't know. It feels extreme. Yeah. And it is a great story. But I also think there are some other really great stories out there. And I was using my logic of when I've given nines in the past, I meant 10. And I really wanted to give it a nine. So I gave it a 10. So I kind of wish I could go back and dole out some other 10s. Um, really? But, no. but you can't think of any specific examples now? Oh, yeah, of course. What would you give it 10? Now. Story of the youth who went forth to learn what fear uh, was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wishing table, the gold ass, and the cudgel and the sack. Yeah. Uh, that's probably about it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. And Puss in Boots. I really like uh, uh, Rapunzel as well. That's always stayed with me, Rapunzel. Mm, interesting. I think I gave it a nine at the time, but I could have given it higher. Yeah. So, well, congratulations there to the winners. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, before all the celebrations and the speeches, I hate to do this. No, Matt. But there's a potential issue here. Don't do it. I've got to. No. Puss in Boots is not an official Brothers Grimm story. No, I knew you were going to drag this up. It's an erased story. So it's ruining everything. Does it count in our official ranking? Or is that wrong? You get the issue, right? No, I totally get the yeah. issue. And I was going to say, it's the like ultimate irony that on a Brothers Grimm podcast, the highest score ever awarded is mm. to a non-official Brothers Grimm tale. Hmm. Hmm. So it was a, it was one of their stories released in their first edition. Yes, but they then erased it. Erased, so technically, yeah. it's not the part of the official canon anymore. Yeah, it's not canon. And also, we've only had a translation of it since like 2014, because the first ever Brothers Grimm edition was only first translated by Jack Zipes in like 2014. So yeah. it's not even that it's been around as a Brothers Grimm story. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we can let that be in first place? Because obviously, if we disqualify it that'll bump the other stories up and the fisherman and his wife will be the winner you know we don't need to make you know we don't need to make any decisions i feel now. like i'm being rushed into things no it's okay take your time just relax breathe breathe think of the cat like, it's a cat yeah think of think of puss oh. think of puss and you'll feel calm i think the options are we say it doesn't count 
we say it does count or we can do some sort of jiggery pokery and say like it like loses a few points like you minus if it's not an official if we've scored a non-official brothers grim story one it has of the some sort ones, of like handicap, handicap. yeah <laughs> right so if we were to like knock two points off that would put it as like joint first with the fisherman and his wife right T- two points did you say if we were to do it's that it's that far in the lead two whole points yeah it's got 19 well, points it's like a clear winner it's one shy of 20 <laughs> out perfect, of 20 perfect yeah wow do we need to pull a spinal tap and start scoring it like out of 11 <laughs> <laughs> let's crank this up to 11 um wow i i don't know what to say Matt. I, I'm I think not sure you should either. i think you should tell me where you're leaning um, I'm I'm leaning on a fence. I'm on a fence. I yeah. don't know you're what to on do. It. Oh, you're on it. The, fen- the, the fence is leaning. Oh, the fence is leaning. And I'm leaning you're... the other way. <laughs> so it's perfect mess. balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to stay here indefinitely. Uh, I don't know. I think perhaps we could defer this to uh, some sort of off-air meeting, <laughs> some so, sort yeah. of like planning meeting. Um, I'm tempted for now just to say. Puss in Boots is the winner with this massive honourable shout out to the fisherman and his wife. Yeah. Which may have some grievances, but I think at the moment it is a Brothers Grimm story. It yeah. was published in a Brothers Grimm fairy tale book. So I think for now, perhaps we can leave it. Leave it place. as number one. And then at some point in the future, we can maybe come back and address that if it becomes an issue. Yeah. And you know what? I just thought of a really cowardly idea. We could put it up to the patrons and just walk away. Just I back away. I Let love them that. decide. It's not our fault. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Deferring our responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Shrugging that off. Shrug- and leaving it with that. Shirking off. <laughs> you, you do this one, guys. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's I an like option. that. And then if they mess up, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is great. Okay, great. Well, we'll, def- we'll, we'll defer deferring the decision. I like that. That sounds like a plan got a few more story stats for you okay it's interesting to compare these story stats from series three and series two of the podcast in series three we doled out only a single nine each which was exactly the same as the last series in series three your nine was for puss in boots and mine was for the fisherman and his wife obviously i gave puss in boots a 10 yeah so I gave higher. and in series two your nine was for the dog and the sparrow yeah. And mine was for gambling hunts. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? And I, I said it then at the last recap, and I said, now, I'm I'm happy with that nine for the dog and the sparrow. That one holds up. It really does. <laughs> A murderous sparrow. Yeah, what great. more do you want? It's fantastic. Gambling Hansel? Yeah, maybe not yeah, so much. Yeah, maybe. Let It's pretty good. It's a good story. I think Gambling Hansel's the only one people have ever messaged us to say you gave that too high a score so how do you feel now oh no terrible well i think yeah i think i've improved my scoring in series three that's another thing. your scoring game is is great well on that the average score of a story uh shifted uh from series two our average score this series was 13.7 oh okay as opposed to 14.4 in series two so it's moved a smidge downwards Do you want to know your average? Actually, do you reckon yours was higher or lower than mine? The average score you gave this series, higher or lower? It's really difficult it because be? I think, I think yet again, your scores have a greater spread than mine. I think mm. that's stayed true. That I've I didn't go as 
high as you or as low as you. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't help with the average. No, that doesn't actually so help. So I'm trying it. to think. I reckon probably ever so slightly higher. You gave a 6.9 and my average was 6.7. Oh, it's just, just a higher. But very close. Very close. On to overall story rankings now. That has shaken things up, as mentioned. In the overall, all the stories we've scored throughout yeah. all three series, things have now changed. The Fisherman and his wife now enters joint fourth place, or third Ooh. place if we excluded Puss and Boots, with the Elves and the Shoemaker, yeah. Sleeping Beauty, and Rapunzel. Wow. Big, famous ones there. Yeah, it's big company. That's <laughs> big company to <laughs> hang out with. It's like that is like going to a party. And yeah, yeah. A the fisherman's of... wife come in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's all these glamorous, famous yeah. stars. <laughs> Room for another one. Hey. <laughs> and Puss in Boots leaps into the top spot, unseating Hansel and Gretel. Whoa. Which has been the undisputed uh, number one story for a long, it has, long yeah. time. It's now been unseated. But you know what? If anyone could outsmart those two, it's Puss in Boots. Oh, I like your way of thinking, Adam. Yeah. He's, he is one smart cat. <laughs> smart kitty. <laughs> well, why didn't you give it a 10 then, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that now. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but also Hansel and Gretel, again, it has that clever trick. Like, it's not just uh, they wave a wand and everything's fixed. Yeah, yeah. She has to trick the witch into the oven. And I think we like that. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. disproportionately that bumps the story out. Definitely. Yeah, having some little clever uh, narrative clever device. Clever trick that there. really works rather mm-hmm. than just Absolutely. magic. Yeah. yeah. But as you say, I mean, it's not just a little decision, this Puss in Boots no. uh, issue. He's. Uh, this cat, I mean. This cat is causing real problems. Thorny little cat. Causing absolute havoc. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in general though, I would I would say that um, I think this has been my favourite series so far. Wow, big words. I kind of feel like we've almost got the hang of podcasting. <laughs> I would say, yeah, almost. We're getting there. Yes. We're not there yet. <laughs> Very much a constant work in progress. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we had some great stories. I've got less regrets than series two. I think I'd yeah. wish I'd gone lower, perhaps, with a few of them as well. Um, obviously, you can see all this, the, the story scores on our website. Yeah. Um, and also, we did the biography special episode. We did, yeah. And I kind of feel like that sounds like an actual proper hi- history podcast almost. Yeah. So I'm kind of, and I'm just glad we got that out of the way. And it was a big one. We talked about it right from the start. Yeah. And we finally did it. And it, yeah, it was a big moment. And it brought a lot more um, a sort of understanding to a lot of the stories yeah. as well. But um, yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great. Yeah. I think, yeah. And probably my favorite as well. Yeah. I, I think there's a bit certain element of nostalgia to some early stories. Mm-hmm. But no, it's like been a very consistently high standard Mm-hmm. The story, I think. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Oh, well, it's been lovely and I can't wait for series four. No, I'm excited too. I'm very excited. Wow. Fun fun stuff, right, Adam? That was fun. We're back in the room, back in the We're room. back in the room. We're back in the meadow. Back in the meadow. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot where I was for a second. Um, that was a, a shock, wasn't it? Puss in Boots. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
Yes, meow indeed. We never did that Puss in Boots poll, did never we? Never did. I, I, maybe we should. I think maybe we should. I think we should. I, I don't want that on my conscience, <laughs> on my shoulders, or anywhere near me. Let's <laughs> let's palm that off. All right. To okay. our good friends, our good patrons at Patreon. Dot com. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, should we do it? Let's do it. We'll do a Puss in Boots poll for patrons. That's quite a tongue twister. But you managed it very Thank well. You. Thank you. And also for everyone else listening, any thoughts on that issue? Because we're totally stumped. Would be most welcome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make make a, a strong argument either way would help us. Now on to uh, Snow White. So when we recorded Little Snow White, the series finale, it got totally out of hand, and we were recording for hours and hours because obviously there was troves of interesting things to talk about with Snow White. Unfortunately, that meant in the brutal editing room, it got pretty gruesome and lots of audio didn't make the final episode. But there was one bit we lost that was particularly fascinating and I thought it would be a shame to waste. So as a little treat, we're going to share it with you now. Oh, lovely. What uh, delicious morsel have you scraped up Mm. off the cutting room floor? Mm, That's appetizing. (laughs) Isn't it just? Well, it's about the surprising connection between Snow White and the Siege of Troy. Oh, you got me on the hook because I actually can't even remember what we talked about. (laughs) That interesting. Shall we find out? Yeah, well, uh, a little background before we go into it. So just to be clear, we're going to play a little bit of uh, deleted audio from the Snow White recording. Yes. Basically, we had a long section in the recording where I traced the history of Snow White in literature where we can find her popping up in the written record, which you can actually hear if you're a patron, I think in the June Grim Fables episode. And what that did is it took us all the way back to ancient Greece. So we found Snow White as far back as ancient Greece. So that's our jumping off point. Snow White in literature throughout time. This is the unheard audio from that recording. So on uh, Snow White and Troy, prepare to have your mind blown. Amazingly, we can find an important part of Snow White in the midst of the Trojan War. Hello. You, you know the Trojan War? I know the Trojan War well. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. It's only... Uh, wait, now I'm going to get it wrong. It's 50-50 depicted in Homer's Iliad. Yes! Right, it's not the Odyssey, Very good. it's Iliad. No. Yeah. No, the Odyssey is set after the Trojan War. After. Yeah, the Iliad is the uh, first, I believe, the first uh, written account of the Trojan War. Yeah. Yeah. Nice knowledge. Thanks, thanks, man. And they had a massive wooden horse. (laughs) And over to you. (laughs) Well, it's the decades-long war. Possibly fictional. Siege of Troy. But probably real. Yes, the Siege of Troy. Yeah. Between essentially the Greek world an alliance of the Peloponnese and the surrounding sort of regions and city-states, and Troy, which uh, lay in modern-day Turkey, just over the Aegean. Yeah. Yeah, and as you, as you said, the earliest reference we have is in the Iliad, which was written in the 8th century BC. But the Trojan War is actually set in the 12th century BC. <laughs> and apparently in the Iliad, the way it's written, it's clear in the text that the story would be known to the audience. So okay. So it's written eighth century BC. So like, what's that? Like three thousand years ago. But it was 
obviously an older story than that. So, do you know what kicked off the Trojan War? Uh, was it Helen? Yes. <laughs> A.K.A. the face that launched a thousand ships. Yeah, yeah. I've always loved that because it's like, I can't, I'm just picturing a big face <laughs> <laughs> launching ships. I just... Spitting them out. Yeah, or just like, I don't know, them just launching off her face. I don't know. <laughs> Such a strange expression that the face that launched... Such a strange image you've conjured. <laughs> upsetting image. <laughs> if you imagine a big fleet of ships mm. and there's this giant face behind them in the port. <laughs> and we're off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes sense. There you go. Well. Well, yeah. Well, what happened to Helen? Why? Why? Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> I'm asking. I've literally no idea. That I know there's a film and I've not seen this one. Well, the Trojan War all kicked off because one day a young Trojan prince called Paris was on a visit to Sparta. The Spartan king happened to be away and uh, Paris stole the Spartan queen, Helen, and spirited her back to Troy. Oh. So King Agamemnon of Mycenae rallied the whole Greek world. They armed up and sailed to Troy to take back Helen after her face had launched the ships yeah just again <laughs> such a strange way of putting it but uh so, okay so it's a rescue mission it is it's a rescue mission <laughs> wait did they get her back in the end did she escape in the horse they uh oh no did they get her back i don't actually know off the top of my head you'll have to watch the the movie for that because that'll be very accurate <laughs> yeah yeah you know it you know see it. what happens with uh who's even in that one brad pitt Brad Pitt, of course, it is Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Hell peak, yeah. peak Orlando Bloom. Um, <laughs> um, oh, fantastic! But anyway, we're not we're not concerned with how it panned out. We're we're concerned with what happened before Paris stole Helen Adam. So, okay, to keep it short, just prior to the war kicking off, there's a very exciting wedding about to take place between this guy and a sea nymph that he's fallen in love with. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, 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 okay. sure. Sea nymph, sea nymph, yeah. yeah no right. problem, no problem. They send out uh, invites to all the gods. Come to our wedding, RSVP, ASAP, you're all invited. Yep, chicken or fish. Uh, the male gods in particular were all over the moon about this wedding because there was a prophecy that any son the sea nymph has would surpass his father. And this made all the gods very nervous, so they were happy that she's going to marry a mortal and have a, have a son with a mortal, not with one of them. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening, Matt? It's too much detail. What do you, what do you mean? The son that the man has with the sea nymph will be a god? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's just a prophecy. No, so if, if a god had a child with her, the, the prophecy is that they will grow greater than their father. Right. So, for example, if Zeus has a child with her, that child will be greater than Zeus. Yeah. So they don't like break this. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very happy that she's getting married to a mortal. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So all the gods showed up to this wedding. Zeus is there, the head honcho, and Athena as well, his daughter, his wife Hera, and uh, his aunt Aphrodite, and the demigods and nymphs and all the immortals of every sort they're all there for the ceremony 
Yeah. The couple arrive. Um, the ceremony's going ahead as planned. It's a beautiful day. However, there was one immortal that wasn't invited. Uh-oh. Eris, the goddess of strife and discord, was left off the guest list for obvious reasons. But suddenly, Eris burst in, and then she threw an object into the room and left. Uh-oh. It was a golden apple, and on it was inscribed the words, To the fairest. <gasps> Hera, Aphrodite, and Athena all then started arguing about who should have it. They said, I'm the fairest, so it should be mine. No, I'm the fairest, it should be mine. Now, Zeus doesn't know what to do. He can't arbitrate without causing offence. Absolute nightmare situation. Yeah, awkward. Hermes piped up and said, look, I know a great guy, a Trojan prince called Paris. He's impartial and he's fair, he's a stand-up dude. So he can decide who's the fairest and gets the apple. So that all gets arranged and set up. They're all like, sure, no worries. Sure. And this is what's known as the Judgment of Paris. The three goddesses, they stand before Paris, strip down, and then attempt to bribe him. Okay. Hera offers to make him king of all Europe and Asia. Athena offers him wisdom. And finally, Aphrodite, goddess of love, shows him a scallop shell, inside of which is an image of the incredibly beautiful Helen of Sparta, who Aphrodite promises will belong to Paris if he chooses her. Paris was so enraptured by the image of Helen that he gave the apple to Aphrodite. Wow. So not such a stand-up guy. <laughs> no. Could have picked wisdom, but no. He went for the beautiful woman in a shell. And so then he, well, even worse, he then went and abducted Helen, oh, and thus the Trojan War began. And also, side note, the kid who would surpass his father in the prophecy was the son of the, the couple getting married. Achilles. Of heel fame. <laughs> of heel fame. So, yeah, the Trojan War all came about because of an argument over who is the fairest of them all. No, wait. And there's an apple. And there's an apple. And this is all in the Iliad. You could find all this. I believe so. Yeah. Incredible. Isn't that mad? That is mad. And that is very directly related to Snow White, I'd say. No, no, yeah, very directly. But I would never in a million years have put those two no. like linked them in that way. Totally different worlds. Yeah. And then Helen launched some ships. <laughs> there you go. A 3,000-year-old link to Snow White. You can literally hear how I've lost my voice. I was speaking so much in that <laughs> recording. I think Adam has absolutely no memory of what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, but once this comes out, I will. Um, it was all you got very excited about... Um, Helen of Troy's face launching a thousand ships. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the, the, the apple, you know, the who's the fairest of them all, the apple. Do you remember? It was really cool. You uh, were really interested at the I time. remember the face and the ships. Okay. Face and the ships. Okay, good. Okay, finally, last thing, Adam. We have a musical announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Do we now? A while back, someone asked us if we have a Spotify playlist of the music we use in Grim Reading. No was the answer at the time. But that has now changed to a yes. Oh, that's exciting. So we've broken it down by series. So there are now three playlists for you to enjoy. Featuring hits such as Brahms Waltz number 15 in A flat major. Woo! 
and Beethoven's Violin Sonata Number no. Nine in A Major, Op Forty Seven One. No way. Yeah. In A Major. All your favourite hits are in there. Oh, I love it. Now that's what I call random classical music <laughs> from a certain era. So it's largely German romantic music. Yes. That's the era we're normally in. But we get experimental sometimes. There's uh, there's Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Oh, yes. Love that one. That was I in, think... Uh, that was in Fitcher's Bird. Ooh. Yes. Winter from Vivaldi's Vivaldi, Four Seasons. Yeah. One of Adam's personal favourites. Love I know. that one. And then there's a fair bit of Debussy in there, lots of waltzes, and uh, a lot of Tchaikovsky from our Christmas episodes. It's all in there. Oh, it's in there. Just search for Grim Reading Soundtrack Series 1 or 2 or 3, smash like, hit shuffle, and uh, get transported to your favourite Okay, I've got to remember all those things. Smash like, Mm -hmm. tick, shuffle. Hit shuffle. Well, it's up to you, really, but yes. What was the third one? Get transported. Get transported. Some okay. of your favourite moments from Grim Reading. Oh, can't <laughs> wait to do that. Well, it's kind of weird because, like, obviously we use a lot of music in Grim Reading, but often it'll be, like, 10 seconds worth of a piece that might be about 15 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're quite long, these playlists. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Hope- that's, that's not a bad thing. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy. And the weird thing was, do you remember... Um, when, when we got that message, someone asking if we have a Spotify playlist, I just searched for Grim Reading on Spotify. And what I can only describe as a fan had already made a, uh, a Grim Reading playlist on there. Incredible. So I felt a little bit bad. We were kind of like, no, this is the official Grim Reading playlist. <laughs> but uh, they, they seem to have taken it down, which is kind of weird. Uh, oh. So maybe they don't like us anymore. But uh, oh, I, I hope that's not the case. Maybe they feel like it served its purpose. Well, I mean, thank you, though, whoever you are. Yeah. That was, that was very nice to see. I think that was when we kind of felt like we are doing quite well with the podcast. We thought someone had made yeah. a playlist. Playlist of our music. Yeah, it was quite cool. Yeah. Hmm. What a lovely, lovely musical announcement. Yeah, it's been fun, hasn't it? What a great I'm glad, episode. I'm glad we've met up on our holidays. This has been lovely. Yeah. It's nice to let people know that we're still, <laughs> still here. Are your feet quite cold, though? You've been dunking them in the babbling brook for a while. I've been in there quite a while, getting mm. quite shriveled. Okay, well, we should probably wrap things up. I think we should, including my feet. Well, to finish off, we have one final thing. Ooh. We're going to play a trailer for another podcast that we've been sent by Dawn Nelson, who's a long-time listener, and she has started, or it's been going a while now, her own podcast called Stories from Law. And, uh, yeah, she sent us a trailer for the show. So to play us out, over to Dawn. Merry Met, Virtual Traveller. I'm Dawn Nelson, also known as DD Storyteller, and I'm a writer and professional storyteller. I write and produce the podcast Stories from Law, a monthly podcast that explores folklore and the stories it inspires. She stands on the beach, confused, Afraid, she cannot find her skin. And it is then that she sees the fisherman watching. And she knows, she knows he has the skin. I'm lucky enough to live in a beautiful village on the South Downs and my passion is connecting people with the nature, history and the landscape that surrounds them through storytelling. I truly believe that one of the ways we can reconnect with the earth is through story and of course the folklore that so often inspires these stories. Like nature, stories have a rhythm too. And once we have relearned the rhythms and patterns present in our ancestors' tales, well then we'll be able to hear when nature tells us of its own stories through its rhythms and patterns. 
And what's more, we'll want to listen. The fisherman hears the sorrow in her song, but he does not care. You can sing to me as much as you like, but you will come home with me and you will be my wife. Each month, Stories from Law examines different elements in folklore, how this folklore has shaped our view of nature, the land that we live on, and of course, the stories that we tell. Once I've explored the folklore behind the story, I then tell my version of a well-known tale or perhaps one of my original stories. And this story features the folklore that I've been looking at and occasionally the odd song from me. Norse myths, grim tales, green women, will-o'-the-wisps, calliacs, frogs, hobs, selkies and kelpies, they're all there. You can listen to the Stories from Lord podcast via the Podbean app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer and Stitcher. Thank you to Matt and Adam for inviting me to tell you all about my podcast and for keeping it grim by spreading the joy of a good story told beside the fire. I'll see you all again soon for more stories. Toodle pip. Well, thanks very much, Dawn. Yes, thank you, Dawn. And thanks, everyone, for listening, if you've made it to the end somehow. Uh, some big constitutional changes this episode, Adam. Whoa, when you put it in those terms, right? it right? feels a it's lot a bigger big deal this episode. than it is. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to ignore that. Right, I do need to go back on my holiday. Yes, me too. The open roads are calling. <laughs> it is. Um, what are your plans for the rest of your holiday, Adam? Um... I'm going to start by drying my feet. <laughs> and then we'll just take it from there, I think. That's it. Just, you know, yeah. one foot in front of the other. One yeah, that's cold what it foot is. Yep. in front of the other. Well, we'll be back with uh, Grim Reading Proper, a new series, uh, later in the year. And there might actually be another mini special episode out before then. But either way, we'll be back soon. Yes. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your summers slash winters, depending on where you are in the world. I'm very... I'm always very nervous to get that right Adam hemisphere specific field oh yes that's what we call him that's me (laughs) well keep it grim see you soon see you then bye bye if you'd like to support the podcast please head over to patreon.com slash grim reading to find out how and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us you can of course email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com we're on Twitter at Grim Reading Pod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grim Reading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com/grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>